Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing, New Beginnings Christians? <laughs> I just pray that everybody is all fired up this morning. I'm going to tell you what, it's a good day to be excited. How about it? You alive and well. God has allowed you to see another day. He has brought you through another night of sleep and rest. Oh, my Lord, what a blessing, what a blessing. You know, it is just like that song is saying, he can do anything but fail because he has never, ever lost a battle. Let me tell you, he's fighting for us always, and he's at work, even when we're asleep, when we're not. God is on the job and he is sacrificing and taking care of each and every one of us. And so I may, I am so very happy to be here with you this morning. My name is Pastor Ronald A. Cooper and on behalf of the First Lady and the members of New Beginnings Christian Center, I want to welcome you to this morning's message. And I pray that God has kept you. Oh yes, not just through the night, but all throughout that God has kept you and he continues to maintain a careful hand upon your life. That's right. So that you can remain blessed always in his presence because he is he is a good God, a sweet God. If you don't know him and you're just joining us for the first time, I would encourage you to get to know him because he is an amazing God that does amazing things each and every day. And he does not fail because he continues to bless us and keep us on this path of righteousness and show us new ways to succeed and, and to be happy and to love one another as he has directed that we should do. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but that's not the topic we're going to get into this morning. I want you to know that today is the day that the Lord has made and we should rejoice and be glad in it. And because of that, we're going to learn some things about what Jesus wanted to give us when he departed, you know, and when he was here with us. He gave us some lessons that he wanted us to learn, and we ought to try to grab a hold of that and take part in it today like we never have before. Come on, I'm encouraging somebody this morning. And we're going to be focusing out of the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. That's right. I'm telling you right now so that you can get your Bibles handy, have them ready so that you can begin to Flip through the pages and follow along as we read the, the few verses. I mean, I'm not going to hit you too hard today, but with the, the verses that will be offered for your listening and reading pleasure, I would pray that you are able to come along with me. Let us open up this morning with a word of prayer, if you will. And I pray that you are in that perfect place to, to join me as we go before the Father. Most gracious and loving Father God, as we humbly approach the throne of grace this morning, we come first and foremost, dear God, to say thank you. We thank you for being God. We thank you for watching over us, for keeping us, for blessing us, dear God. Even in the midst of all the trials of this world, the pandemics, all the things, the chaos and the, the things that have been going on to frustrate and to cause anxiety and stress and worry and fear to just dominate and run rampant throughout our lives, dear God. I rebuke all of that right now in the name of Jesus and put my foot down upon it that it may never have any dominion in anyone's life ever again, because we can hold on to your unchanging hand and be filled with an abundance of strength, courage, wisdom, and insight into all the things that we need to do to continue to prosper and to go forward. And so we thank you. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for being the God who watches over and cares for us. Now, today, dear God, we want to humbly once more approach the throne of grace, and we want to take our seat at the table this morning. 
We come, Lord, so that we might break this bread of life, so that we could feast upon it and allow our spirits to be serviced and fed once again with something that's good and nourishing for our souls today. We want to be blessed, dear God, by all that we partake, but we thank you for preparing and all that has been prepared for us in these moments. Now, Father God, wherever uh, the people who are in the sound of my voice may be this morning, dear God, I pray that you are blessing them, that you are encouraging them, that you are lifting them up so that they might begin to feel the fire that is burning this morning because it's going to bring a transformation in their lives. I declare it, I decree it right now that someone will be changed, someone will be moved, oh God, and someone's life will be saved because of this word. And so I thank you in advance before it even happens, because I know that you are a God of action and activity, and I know that you're going to move dear God, and allow your presence to be known in the lives of your people. And so I just thank you, Father God. But I ask that you remain with us now throughout this service and that you bless us, dear God, as we receive all that you have prepared from your table. And we thank you, thank you, thank you in your son Jesus' name for all that is given. Amen, amen, and amen. You know what? This morning, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you once again to New Beginnings Christians uh, Sunday morning meeting after the message this morning. And we'll have our meeting after the message and where we come together and we discuss all that we've talked about, all that we are sharing here in this word. So I pray that your Bibles are handy and that you're ready to get into some word today. The title of this message this morning is Come, Learn, Take. And it's three points that each of us, we must, we must embrace this because this is a simple message. It is truly simple for, for those who, who will choose to listen, who will choose to gravitate to, who to hold on to it. But it's a crucial lesson that Jesus would have each of us, his followers, his people to learn. And if we can learn to do these things, our lives can be transformed. It can be made over. We can be rescued. We can be saved. We can be brought to a new plateau in life, a new place. But we must first come, learn, and take. So let's get right into it. As I indicated a little early when I started the message, we're going to be coming out of the book of Matthew. And that's the 11th chapter. And it's only verses 28 through 30 this morning that we're going to read. So let us flip to our, in our Bibles to those passages and please follow along or read along as I read. Because verse 28 begins by saying, come unto me. Mm, as that first word, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take. It's that second word, my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm, my Lord, my burden is light. How about it? 
May God add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning. You know, as we read those three simple passages of scripture, and this is like I said, this message is not going to consume a whole lot of your time this morning, but I want it to consume a whole lot of your spirit. I want it to consume a whole lot of your presence. I want it to be something that you allow to inculcate deep within you so that you begin to be moved by what these words are saying. And sometimes we can overlook the simple things because they appear to be unimportant to us. But I needed to to focus and to know this morning that even the simplest of things, when we talk about the Word of God, can carry tremendous power, can have a tremendous ability to reshape, to refashion our lives, to change and to make us over. So please be cautious in how you handle all that you're receiving today. And I pray that you embrace it in a very, very sincere and serious way this morning. So beginning with the first point I'd like to make this morning, you see the rest, the rest, which for which he was referring of a new life can only be attained when we choose to come. Okay. There's that first word, but remember the rest of a new life can only be attained if we first choose to come. You see, because the Lord calls those who labor and are heavy laden to his rest. Did y'all catch that? He calls those who labor and are heavy laden to his rest. But what about those who don't labor? What about those who haven't put in enough labor or who are only working, putting in a little bit of labor? What happens to them? Oh my, it says he calls those who labor and are heavy laden to his rest. And so it should leave a moment of cautious thought in the minds of many this morning to ask yourselves, how much am I choosing to do for my God this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Am I really allowing myself to be put to labor, to really be challenged with the challenge of doing not simply what the minimum of what God is asking, but going above and beyond, because I want to be certain that I am seen as one who is laboring for Christ, that I am choosing not just to take the easy or the simple way, but I want to go all the way. I want to ensure that I cover all the bases and that I'm giving everything that I am and that I have to his service. You see, we have to understand that this labor problem, as some might see it, goes back to the Garden of Eden. That's right. It goes all the way back then, because if you recall when you're reading in the book of Genesis, that when Adam and Eve were first placed in the garden, all the responsibility they had was to simply live, eat, and be happy. But it wasn't enough. You see, because, and I say it wasn't enough because they had to allow themselves to be influenced by a negative, that's right, a negative influence, which caused them to sin and ruin things, which brought then labor into their lives. You see, when man was cursed with labor, he always had and always will have to work. From that moment on, God said it, that he had to labor and he had to toil in the the dust of the field and and the dirt, that that it was going to be work. And and he was going to, the sweat of his brow 
And I'm just paraphrasing here because I want to, I don't want to get away from my topic, but he always had and always will have to work because of that curse that was placed upon Adam and Eve from the garden. You see, but the curse, it didn't just, it included labor and toil. That means we were, we, we must always understand that if we are going to be accepted, if we're ever going to find profit in what we do, and we've got to put our backs into it. We've got to go to work. We've got to get some things done. And you can't just take the easy way, the simple way, or a way that, that it makes it only appear as though you're working, but really you're not giving much at all. You're not doing much at all. You see, for if we are not, and remember what the scripture said, heavy laden, all right now, we can't find that rest that he has for us. You see, because until we as Christians, as believers, oh yes, Lord, become heavy laden in our labors until that moment comes, until we reach that point. And when we do, we can find rest from our labors in Christ. In other words, Christ will give us the rest that we so, so, so lovingly, affectionately, and graciously, and so inspiringly seek all the time that rest that's going to give us that, that perfect rest, that joy, that happiness, knowing that we have done all that we've been called to do, that the job is complete, and that we've done the best that we have our ability to do the best we know how to do. And we've given it our all. We haven't shortcut it. We haven't just allowed him to, to, to see something that that's only partly finished or incomplete. No, you see, when you're heavy laden, it means that your entire total focus is on doing it right, getting it as close to perfect as you can. God doesn't expect it to be perfect 100% of the time. No, because no one's perfect, but God, he wants to know that you are putting everything that you have, every fiber of your being behind the work that you're fulfilling on his behalf. Come on now. So that we can get the rest of a new life, that rest that is yet to come. Don't think you're stuck here and this is all you're going to see because there is another rest. But we must first come to the knowledge, come to the understanding, come to the acceptance and the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord and that we must work. We must labor and be heavy laden if we want to be accepted. Mm. How about that second point? The second point says the rest and this rest. Oh, come on now. Is the rest of a true life. But we can only get that when we learn. And see, that's the thing. When we look at this, this, these passages of scripture, we have to learn a whole lot because there's a whole lot we just don't know. And there's a whole lot that some people don't want to know. Oh, yes, I said it. Some of us don't want to know because once we know, then we have the responsibility of carrying out. Because if not, we, we, we understand and we know enough to know that we'll be disobedient. And so we choose to accept ignorance or pretend to accept ignorance or to sometimes wallow and, and, and allow ourselves to be swallowed up in ignorance because we don't want to, to accept those responsibilities placed upon us. But for those of us who choose to learn, to get to know him, 
Jesus tells us to learn from him. He wants us not just learn any and every old thing. The world is always trying to show you something that keeps something stuck up in your face. But no, he wants us to learn from him because why he came not only as the teacher, but he came also as the lesson. And from his example, through his example, you see, he's not like some of us that just talk a good game. No, he put his money where his mouth was. He came and he made himself a sacrifice. He turned himself into the lesson. The lesson that he taught, he also showed us the example. He put his plan into action, in other words. And some of us, we just get caught up in talking a good game and and always saying that we're going to do and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But does it ever get done? Does it ever get accomplished? No, because we're not really, really, really trying to carry it out. We're not really trying to accept the fact that we are responsible and, and we should be accepting of the things that we're asked to do and go ahead, step out on faith and just get them done. Whether anyone else joins us or not, and stop using that as an excuse. Well, no one else here to help me. Well, don't worry about that. Why won't you just let God guide you? Let him lead you. He'll he'll supply you with all the resources that you need. But what about the step that you need to take that very first one to step out on faith? That's where it's going to matter. That's where it's going to make the difference. That is what he did. He was not only just the teacher, but he became the lesson. And his lessons, mm, come on, his lessons, he taught them in a gentle manner. That he is gentle and and that he was lowly in heart. He didn't come as the greatest, most powerful leader in that time. No, he came as a servant because he wanted to show how he could rise up even from the lowliest of places what you can do when you're sitting back having pity parties and feeling sorry for yourself, where, what you can do, regardless of where you come from and not allowing that to dictate your destiny, but deciding that you're going to be something and that you're going to do something and that you're going to live a different life, a better life, because you can, not by just words, but by your deeds, your actions. The rest of a true life comes and are being meek and lowly. You see, because I don't have, I don't need some huge, great title. I don't need to be on top of the mountain to inflict change, to cause change to come in the world around me. And also in my world, all I need is a determination and a prayer life to continue to, to just do as he did, to follow his example, to remain steadfast in the things that I am, I am chosen, I have decided, I've been selected to do and be responsible. I don't need someone else to come along to tell me or to remind me of what I need to do and the things that I need to accomplish because I understand, because I've accepted the fact that I have a father that I work for that wants, to, wants me to put in some work to show that I'm willing to labor for him. If I want the rest of a true life, it has to come from from accepting whatever those roles are. Not arguing, not pushing back, not complaining, but just simply doing it and being satisfied. 
in a meek and mild manner from a position of loneliness. It does nothing. It does not in any way indicate that it, it or speak to who you are. No, that's not how it works. And even if it did, you must remember from the scripture, it says, and the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Hmm. Mm. I probably said that backwards, but you know what? It sounded good anywhere, no matter how you say it. It's to say that those who will allow themselves to be meek, and we know that the meek shall inherit the earth, and lowly will be the ones that he will look to first, that he will see as true servants, that he will be more accepting and ready and willing and waiting to give that true rest to because they've come to learn, they've come to listen, they've come to apply. And he's looking for those. He's looking for us who are ready and willing to do those things. And my third point, the rest of a full life. Mm. You see, this will allow us to take. Remember, the title was Come, Learn, and Take. And in this point, he reminds us in verses 29 and 30 where he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Mm. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Saints, he's not just talking about what he has done and, and what he has to carry, but he's telling us and he's explaining. He's, he's showing us that when we take upon ourselves those burdens, those yokes, it's not going to be so heavy that you can't do it. We got to cut out that apostrophe T in our vocabulary. You got to get that can't word out of your life and stop defeating yourself before you even get started. Stop selling yourself short before you've even put up the for sale sign because you just simply have told yourself before anyone else can that you can't do it or you, you're not able or you're not capable or you don't have the ability. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Oh, that's a lie that the devil is telling you just to stop you from seeing the success that God has in store for you, that he has planned for your life. You see, we must be willing to accept that yoke. We must be willing to take upon ourselves some burdens, not just for selfish reasons, but so that we might give God the glory, so that we might show the love of God. You see, because the yoke of the Lord is a symbol of service, a symbol of being willing to do for others, a symbol of willing to, a willingness to live a life of sacrifice. Does it really always have to be about me, 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 me? When and where do you have room or space in your life to say that you're simply just doing something for others? Not because you have to, but because it's a deep desire to do so because of the love that you feel in your heart. You see, some of you may be saying right now, serving the Lord is, is, isn't easy or light. 
It's not simple or light. And there you go. You allow that can't. You allow the enemy to whisper in your ear and to, before you even get started to, to, to start making excuses and create ways for you to, to get out of or to, to not have to follow or not even listen. Well, this is some advice you should be willing to take. Because if you take this, if you simply take this, and you play upon yourself. I'm talking about taking upon yourself the yoke. Take upon yourself this life of sacrifice. Take upon yourself this life of service. Take upon yourself this life of allowing yourself to do for others before you do for yourself. Then you'll begin to understand what it means to take. This take isn't talking about what you can stuff in your pockets, your wallets, and your in your houses and homes. But it's talking about the take that allows you to be a more giving and loving individual, a more giving and loving person. But we must first learn that our responsibility is obedience. Because if we're not willing to be obedient, none of this is going to matter. Nothing that I said today, nothing that I'm saying to you right now is going to matter until obedience begins to, to rule the day. You see, the work belongs to the Lord. And he will do it. He will accomplish it. Has he failed you yet? Ask yourself in this question, when and where has he failed you? Because he hasn't. He can do anything but fail. And he's not planning on failing anytime soon. I can assure you of that. But we must be willing to stop failing ourselves and be responsible and be obedient. Be good followers as we all, and stop just desiring to be a, a leader. Because guess what? You can't be a good leader until you're a good follower anyway. We have to learn our responsibilities, regardless of what that is. It doesn't matter if they told you, hey, you're going to be the chief uh, parking lot attendant outside the church. Well, how about you do that with a smile on your face? What about do that with a smile on your face and, a, and an obedient nod that shows that it doesn't matter as long as I'm in the service of the Lord. I'm, whatever he asks me to do, the obedience has to be there. We must be willing. For when we become that willing, the work that he will do in you will be amazing. The work that he will do in transforming your life will be astonishing. You won't be able to understand it. And the rest that he will provide for you will be like none other. A rest that will change your life. A rest that will allow you to live with an assurance that you are truly one who has been called, one who has been accepted, one who has been brought to this new place where we're all once again going to be happy and joyful and, and blessed? Are you living in reliance upon Jesus today? Are you relying on him in everything in your life today? I would encourage you to do so. If you're not, consider it right now. Are you doing what he has called upon you to do? Are you resting in his sufficiency, believing that he is enough? that he does enough and that he brings enough. I pray that you can. 
And I pray that you can take a moment out and these three verses, allow it to soak into your spirit and to cause some changes to begin to occur today. Remember, come, learn, and take and allow God to have his way. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Be blessed.